You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Welcome back to Screening in Kingston. It is our annual Halloween special, which we're all excited about because we love Halloween movies. Um, This is an episode we look forward to every year. And this year is even more special because Taylor and I are welcoming back Matt Salton to the show. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks. I feel special. Well, you should, because we don't usually have guests for Halloween. And even though this seems to be the the couple last couple months of, of guests all over the place taylor it's been we've had guests a lot recently which is great we love that we love it so it's kind of we've been spoiled yeah it only makes sense though we continue on that train and we have a halloween guest and and maybe people will stop thinking we're getting canceled if we just continue to have guests so it becomes more normal for them i want to know what these people know that we don't know mike like (laughs) do they have some community intel that we're getting canceled that we don't know about yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Um, so not only is this our Halloween episode, but just very quickly, because uh, we're, we're we are stretched for time today, we have a lot of cool things to go through today. I wanted to get in my uh, annual plug. So every every um, Halloween, I get to talk about this very briefly. This is also the anniversary of me hearing from a professional actor that they don't like Halloween because they think it's insulting to their profession. And till this to this day, it is the funniest and dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I get to talk about it once a year. And uh, this is the this is the anniversary of that. So that's also kind of cool, right? That's kind of fun. Name the actor. I, I'm not going to name the actor. I'm not going to do it. Would, <laughs> no, would Matt know? Would Matt know? Him? Uh, <laughs> yes, I uh, I believe Matt would know this individual. Yes, mm. I I do believe. Is he a so. ginger? So that uh, I didn't say I didn't say uh, that they oh. they were he. Mm. Um, I, I will neither confirm or deny like uh, gender at this moment. Sounds like a real guy to say, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun, that's a fun story. It's one of the, the many, many things from my, my theater and arts, uh, theater. career. Yes. That I'm going to remember until the day I die. Um, because it was that ridiculous. So, uh, But as I said, we don't have too much time to dwell because we have a lot of great things going on today. It is our Halloween special. We have a bunch of fan questions. We're going to, as always, we're going to do those first. And then we're going to talk about a lot of Halloween movies, uh, really a mishmash of a lot of things. We're going to talk about possession movies. Taylor finally saw, I hope, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose. I did. I did watch it. Okay. Yeah. I, I just remembered. I didn't confirm that with you before recording. <laughs> so, so I'm glad. I did. I did my did homework. See. Don't worry. Good. Good. Uh, and then Matt, um, we brought you here because you're kind of the resident Halloween universe expert um, because Halloween Kills just came out and you're going to give us kind of a little update on that and talk about some other things. So if you're just here to talk about movies because you, you love Halloween movies. I sure do, Michael. I sure do. Well, great. Great. Th- thank you for that, Matt. Um, okay, <laughs> so getting into the Southern into- Bell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why he's now Southern all of a sudden, but I guess that's that's the way this show's going. You never know. We're we're all pretending to be someone different, right? Matt Southern, Taylor, you're non-controversial. Um, 
I don't know. That's my Halloween costume. That's your Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> it's not conscious. What is it? Bipartisan? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so let's get into fan questions because we have a couple fans that wrote in weeks ago that have been waiting for us to get to their questions. So let's get right into it. Um, we're going to start with Katie because Katie emailed so far back that we just we just kept putting this off till Halloween. So this is Katie. And this is Taylor. This is your friend, Katie. Yes. I know we have a couple different Katies, but this is your friend, Katie. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. And uh, myself. Friend, friend of Taylor's. Uh, so Katie says, hi, friends. So Halloween is coming up, and it's one of my favorite holidays. That being said, horror was never has never been my thing, and I don't like scary movies. Do you guys have any recommendations for scary scaredy cats like me of movies or shows that will get me into the holiday spirit, um, but will let me sleep at night? So Katie has a couple multiple questions, but we'll deal with that one first. So suggestions for non-scary Halloween movies that can still get you into the spirit of things. I'll put that out to the podcast universe. What do we think? That's hard because uh, sometimes you truly don't appreciate how scaredy cat a scaredy cat is. Like what you think is like acceptable actually turns out to scare them. So... (laughs) Well, what about, okay, so what about my suggestion from last week of what about Buffy the Vampire Slayer you know, TV show? Okay, Mike, we are on the same wavelength because I was going to suggest, I think it might be the first Halloween episode where, or maybe. maybe is it where they second. become their costumes? Yes, yes. Yeah. That is a second season. That is a very good episode and a lot of fun. I would recommend that. Because that's kind of got the theme of like vampires and there's always that air of kind of Halloweeniness to it, but it is a little more lighthearted. All of their Halloween episodes are really good. Yeah. Like the the seat the season when they're away at college and they go to a house party, but they can't leave the house party. They get trapped in it during Halloween. Oh right, yes, and they, they can't leave. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um what what was that show? Because another like show that that kind of has that air. What was the one that I keep meaning to watch that's on Netflix? Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. No, <laughs> no, it's a, it's actually a spooky show. It's from the same people I think who created the Rivendale. Oh, Riverdale Sabrina. Thing. Sabrina. Sabrina is like a good show. Yeah, yeah, like the, where it's like yeah, it's kind of like creepy, but it's not straight up jump scare scary. Like those types of shows, I feel like are good to get you into the spirit, but you don't have to really commit to being scared like you can just watch them for fun yeah for sure matt, uh, matt what's your... any suggestions no i mean I, I that those are good suggestions i mean like yeah sabrina is more sexy than scary than anything i would um what wait a minute what yeah Doesn't there's star the 12 year old is very sexy isn't she 12 no, no. she just kind of looks. this is the girl from mad men right yeah, she's a grown-up now that was a long time ago mike <laughs> Mad Men? <laughs> was yeah. it? She's got to be at least 20. Hold yeah, on. yeah. She's, Hold she's on. a grown-up. Wait a minute. Mad, when did Mad Men come out? I'm, I don't think it's that old. You're dating it? yourself. Yes, I was in high school, and I haven't been in high school for no. 10 years. My, no. <laughs> she's, if she's a child, then everyone involved with that show is in deep trouble. 2007? Yeah. <laughs> That's Mad Men's first season, 2007. Wow. Okay. Geez. I seriously, I can't even, I, wow. I have no words. I, wow. I'm going to, I'm going to suggest, uh, gremlins. 
Oh, I love that movie. But that's a Christmas movie in my it opinion. It's a Christmas movie. Okay, how about Gremlins 2? <laughs> yes, yes. And it's more goofy. Yeah. Goofy than scary. Yeah. She's 23. Okay. <laughs> and sexy. What is going on? Yeah, she's all grown up. Did I just watch Mad Men late? Like, is that what happened? Another good, since we're going to try to focus on Halloween, Mike, I'm going to bring you back to reality, the present moment. I Last year, I think I recommended Sleepy Hollow Ooh. and Beetlejuice. Yeah. These are like creepy movies, but they're not like super scary. Beetlejuice is a classic. I think everyone can watch Beetlejuice and enjoy it. That's a great, that's a great one. How about the scary movie franchise? Yes. We watched those last year <laughs> on Halloween. <laughs> Like still reading about. He's in shock. I can't, yeah, I can't even. I can't even handle this. I don't even understand. <laughs> He's in a coma. But you're going to be a little bit of shock if you watch the show. I have. N- I've still never. It's just been on my list because I'm like, oh, I'll eventually watch it. But now I don't know if I want to. Yeah, it's sexy, Sabrina. It's not like the show from the '90s. No, I thought it was like the show from the '90s. No. <laughs> Although the ants, the ants from the original Sabrina do show up in the final season of Sabrina. I'm not going to. Oh, really? No spoilers. Yeah. And they oh. do play her aunts as well. So even more mysterious. Oh, is that like going to be a crazy multi-universe Maybe. thing? Might oh just my. be. This show sounds great. I just <laughs> haven't had an opportunity to watch it. Oh, geez. I, I... Okay. Anyway. Um, well, yeah. So those are all good suggestions. So I hope I hope that's good for, for, for Katie for suggestions. Now, Katie did have a couple other questions. So I got to go. I got to compose myself here and go back to this. Um so Katie says, I have another question. Do either of you, I guess, well, all three of us can answer this, um, have a favorite movie costume that you dressed up as in the past or would like to dress up as? I've dressed up as a lot of movie characters in my time, uh, but I think my favorite was I went as C-3PO. My dream costume, which is pretty cliche, would be, um, oh, and then I got to go find, oh, this cut off. I we will find we'll pause on on what her favorite costume is because I got to find this email um, because I <laughs> somehow copied everything and it didn't go anywhere. But anyway, it, it, well, well, I look for that. If you both want to answer the question, any favorite costume choices from a movie? I was Susie from Moon, Moonrise Kingdom one year when I lived in D.C. That was a pretty good costume. I think that if I had the money, you know what? Oh, this drives me crazy. When you see celebrities and what they wear for Halloween and they're getting like budget, like Amazon $20 costumes, they look so tacky. And I'm thinking, you guys are literal millionaires and you don't have like a seamstress on speed dial to craft your dream costumes every year. Like such squandered opportunity. It's how I it's how I feel when I watch the Met Gala. And I think that those are the looks (laughs) you put together. Uh, just, just so, so I found it. So, so, uh, Katie's dream to, is dressed up as, uh, Margaret Tannenbaum. The, yeah. The playwright. So that's the, that was what cut off there. That's a good one. Didn't Gwyneth Paltrow play her? Yes. Is that, is that what I'm thinking? Yeah. Did you guys Halloween together? No. <laughs> Wearing costumes from characters based on the same filmmaker? No, no, we did not. We've Halloween together, but not that. Not that specific. Yes, yeah. Because I'm just—I had to Google it because I—I saw the movie so long ago, 
that dress is cute as heck. Thank you. The little pink one. Yeah. I uh, guess what? I pulled my little, you know, my little pennies together and bought a beautiful dress on Etsy. And I think if I could pull together that look on a student budget, these celebrities throwing these million dollar Halloween parties, they can't look better. You know who does her Halloween really well, though? <laughs> Heidi Klum. She always puts a lot of effort into her Halloween costumes, and I appreciate that. And Neil Patrick Harris and his family, they normally do family costumes. They look good. That doesn't surprise I know that. I know that wasn't the question, the point of the question. But yeah, I don't think the question was, who, which celebrity do you think? I have strong feelings. I have such strong <laughs> feelings about it. Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, those are all interesting, you know, Suggest. I I don't think I've dressed up for Halloween for a long time, so I just don't remember anything that that I've I've dressed up as, and I've never I don't know. I guess I've never watched a movie being like, oh, I want to wear those clothes. I'd love to do a really good Morticia Adams, mm-hmm. like spend a lot of money on a good wig. Oh yeah, I guess the wig is the key, right? Because I like I feel like the rest of that costume would be hard to pull off, but I guess the wig. I'm still waiting to do a, a group uh, outing as the cast of Clue. Oh, that's oh, a good. That's, that's a good. Yeah, that's really of what good. the character would be, but yeah, it hasn't happened yet. I'm always Michael Myers for Halloween every year. <laughs> In fact, really, yeah, like without I, fail, I get so much mileage out of that mask and the and the. Um, the um, mechanics jumpsuit yeah absolutely like i <laughs> i even went and picked up my review engagement from my accountant as michael myers because it was for <laughs> halloween um okay um moving on to the next question um we've got a couple here from josh and only one of them is halloween themed but we'll answer both because whatever um josh wants to know what is the worst horror movie franchise that has ever been made that's tough. So I think there's a worst. Uh, I think I think the franchise that that diminished the most was Saw, because it started off on what I felt was a pretty good foot, and then just no pun intended, and then just <laughs> lost completely everything. Like every subsequent movie has been just so terrible. Um, where did you it started the, out with something with potential. Did you see the Kevin Hart one? Uh. There hasn't been a Kevin Hart. You mean Chris Rocks? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Chris Rock. Have you seen that one? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I, I'm dying just, to know how that was. I know. I just, <laughs> the last couple, even the sort of like remakes, like what was it? The Jigsaw? This one, it was really, really bad. So I just didn't. And I know it was like a big, like it was his passion, Chris Rock's passion project. He was a big producer on it and he was in it. So usually that means it's probably going to be pretty good if it's someone's passion project. But like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. They've just been so bad. Each and every one has been so terrible that I haven't really wanted to to uh, to see them again. So that that would be my pick. Would be Saw. I don't know. I can't really pick one. I think normally with the the problem with franchises is that you know the first couple are pretty good. So I can't really I can't discredit a whole franchise just because it goes downhill. Sure, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can. Well, then, like the paranormal, like 
paranormal the paranormal activity movies maybe like the first couple were good and then near the middle they get but i'm dying to see the new one that's gone to the para um the paramount streaming service because it's set in amish country Hmm. paranormal i i don't know what they're calling it but essentially it takes place amongst the amish so we'll see if it redeems itself i think i might watch that one matt what are your feelings my my hot take is going to be the Hellraiser series. I think like the first okay. one was the only one that was any good. And then I've never like the, the rest of them are just like, okay. Yeah. I heard they're rebooting it. Yeah. I heard that too. Um, I mean, they're, they're very scary. The villains are very scary. Um, and you know, the plot for the first one based on, you know, the, the, the novel I mean, it's very straightforward and, you know, it's a thriller really um, with these, you know, supernatural horror aspects to it. The the villains are terrifying. Um, I just feel like after the first one, they didn't get so scary anymore. I think it's kind of the same with the Nightmare on Elm Street when they turned him into a stand-up comedian. <laughs> it just sort of, you know, lost its scare factor. You know what movie? I would go see right now if it kind of went the way of comedy. It's Taylor's thought of a of a Saw movie starring Kevin Hart. Listen, <laughs> I'd be there instantaneously. Well, isn't Chris Rock I don't even a comedian know. too? That's why I yes, but Chris the Rock. Two. But Chris Rock, I think, has at least a bit of a track record of doing some More serious material. Some, yeah, because he, he's got Chris Rock has an indie film career beyond that. Now Kevin Hart's done some serious stuff, but he's always in the comedic role. Even in that movie he did with that guy, like it was, a, it was more. Yeah, sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about. But it, he was still funny in a serious dramatic movie. So I think, I think that like I don't know, I I would believe it less. I would think, okay, you must be doing something funny with it, with with Kevin. I love I horror would, comedies. Hey, there might be I, I think we should have more comedians in horror movies. I think it's great. I think there might be one of those on my list later. Ooh. I'm still kind of, de- there's a five and a six that I'm still kind of debating between, but anyway, we'll, we'll get there. Um, okay. Next question uh, from Josh here. Josh wants to know, do you think there is a difference in the quality of acting between actors and actresses only cast for TV shows and those cast for movies? What a question. Um, <laughs> I thought it was I mean, going to, I know, I know the second question wasn't going to be Halloween related, but I no. thought it was going to be, you could switch, you could turn it and say, you know, is there a difference in quality between people who are only cast in horror movies? I don't even know why you send in two questions because they're in two different emails, but we'll answer it. I mean, this is my answer to that. I think 20 years ago, yes, but now, no, I don't think there's There's so much jumping between platforms and like now with TV so good. (laughs) Yeah, TV so good. And now with Netflix, like blurring the line between like miniseries film and tv show i think it's all level playing field now mm, hard disagree hard disagree really yeah i, I haven't what i saw i was i went to visit my family last week or, well actually it wasn't last week it was thanksgiving weekend but um and i watched um network television for the first time and i don't know how long like i don't remember commercials and I, we, we watched uh, The Equalizer with Queen Latifah. <laughs> yeah. And um, okay. some, one of the medical shows, New Amsterdam or something like that. And yeah. I couldn't get over how hammy uh, those shows are. Um, there's just, it's, 
and I don't, it's I and I think that's just the vehicle. I mean, I think that they're deliberately acting that way. Like I, I think they're better actors. It's just that the dialogue and the setup and the expectations from an audience are set up in a way that where they have to meet those expectations. It's almost like yeah. a genre convention. Yeah. I think I think that's a complete to me, I think that's a completely different thing than when I think TV, what my brain goes Yeah, I don't to. even think cable network TV. Yeah, like I, I think HBO, Netflix series, I think a- AMC series. Like I think of FX. shows like- Yeah, I think of FX shows where it's just like, this is of a higher quality than network television. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. I think network television is great. Though I will say there's one or two shows that I still like, maybe as a guilty pleasure, but you know, they're they're kind of just fun to watch. I really but those two. I don't know. <laughs> I really <laughs> liked AP, AP AP Bio, which I think was originally a net, uh, uh, like an NBC show. Hmm. That was pretty good, and that's like I guess broadcast. What did that television. end up on streaming after? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Matt, you you were probably right. I can't tell you the last time I've watched like a. It's not going to end up on streaming. It's literally you know. If it ends up on st- streaming, it's on Peacock Television or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the networks, the network streaming platform, right? Yeah, so that's fair. That is, that's yeah. fair. I have not. I think the last, yeah, I can't even tell you the last time I watched because when I go home to be at my parents, I'm watching like cooking shows, like the Cooking Channel. They don't even watch broadcast sitcoms anymore. Yeah, I think I have I have TV for sports and news. That's kind of what I do. Like, there's not a lot of shows I watch. There's a handful, but not a lot. Again, I think FX, like I have those channels, but mainly on demand. They're on demand services, have all their shows. Like, that's kind of where I go for my TV. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's just there's different levels. Tears. TV. Yeah, there's tears to television. Like there's tears. I mean, you didn't even, we didn't even get into soap operas. That's <laughs> you know? true. Are those still around? That's a thing, right? People love those, right? Yeah. That, there's no way. I have a soap opera that's reference still. coming up. Oh, okay, great, great. Well, we'll, we'll save it. We'll, we'll get there. Um, next fan question comes from Austin. Uh, so this one needs a little bit of context because Taylor, we talked about this last week from from a Austin's fan question about a fan appreciation month. Yes. Um, so we put out to Austin, "Hey, would you design this?" And if you do, we'll do it. Uh, and Austin's response is, I'm totally on it. More to come. Great. <laughs> so he, then he wrote, he wrote in more. He said, I also want to ask uh, your thoughts, both Mike and Taylor. And, and Matt, you're here too. He probably didn't know. Um, on the Buffy musical episode, how do you feel that this episode fits into the series as an homage to musical theater? Do you feel the same way about musical episodes of shows that you do about musical movies? So we'll get to that in a second. We'll talk about Buffy and the, the musical episode. Cause I guess we're, t- yeah, we're talking about Buffy last week. So this all, this all works. Um, but we're going to do this fan appreciation thing next month. So we don't, we still don't know what it's going to look like though. Cause that was the response from Austin. Um, I'll, we'll have to clear this up, Taylor, but we'll, we'll figure Stay, out. What this we looks. too will be staying tuned. <laughs> we too will be, but it probably, I will say this. It probably won't be November 1st, like or second or whatever our next episode yeah. is. I think it'll be the four weeks after. Cause we'll need a week to just like plan this, but looks like we're doing it. Everyone. I we're love it. Fan appreciation. Month. Austin always so, puts great things together for us. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Each week's going to be crazy. You have no idea what to expect. 
Um, but anyway, let's talk about Buffy. Now, Matt, have you, did you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer at all? Like, has that kind of been? Of course I watched Buffy watch the Vampire Slayer. If he said, yeah. if, Matt, if you said no, I would have dropped dead just now. Like, <laughs> of course, okay, I don't of know. course <laughs> Matt's seen Buffy. <laughs> I've got five words for you. They got the mustard out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's from the musical episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What, what are our thoughts on the Buffy musical episode? I know people have a lot of strong feelings about it. I like it. I know they're, they're horrible singers, except for. Wait, wait, Spike. do people have strong feelings about it? Yeah. People either love it, was, it or people love it or hate it. Oh, I thought it was universally loved. No. I thought, I thought everyone loved it. In my house, okay, it's okay. universally loved. Yeah. Well, I, well, now uh, Taylor, I do have to say, I think more than Spike can sing. Because Giles can sing. Yeah, that's true. Anthony Stewart Head, he can sing. Yeah. And technically, Tara so Amber sing. Benson, Tara can sing, but the song they picked for her was just way up an octave. Like they got to lower that down. It was just like out of the, I don't know what they were doing, but she can sing. Like she's a singer too. So I would say three of the cast can sing. But when your leads, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, like Sarah Michelle Geller's doing her best and like Sandrick just can't do it. Like he's They're just, trying. They're they are trying. Oh, they give it their Caulfield, all. Like, Emma Caulfield, Anya could sing. Yeah, she has a nice voice. Yeah, she has a nice voice. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't, Taylor, I, I honestly didn't know that that some people didn't like it. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Katie, friend of the show, her first exposure to Buffy was the musical episode. Oh, that's And no she was like, it was either, it was either... Katie or another one of my friends, maybe Aparashita. And they were like, what? And they never watched it again until like much later. Yeah. Um, so you definitely need to like the show. But that's that's <laughs> kind of part of the point. Like that's where I think Buffy did it correct. Did a musical episode really well and, and did it right. I think you need a lot of context for leading up to it. And the show, like that episode is actually extremely important. Like it, it, oh, yeah. from it's, just my rewatch of Buffy, it sets, it it sets up. off everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. It sets off like a, a Spike and Buffy's messed up relationship, everything that happens between Tara and Willow. Like it sets Dawn, everything into motion. Dawn going off Dawn, wagon. Who knows? Yeah. Dawn being Dawn. So I, I think, I mean, I thought it was really good. I thought it was well done. I liked it a lot when I was younger. I still like it now. I think they did a really good job because frankly, it was written by someone who understands the convention of musical theater. And it makes sense within the context of the show because you live in a world where magic and alternative dimensions and things exist. So like the fact that it's a, a demon that's causing this musical number, it makes sense, you know? So I'm all for it. Me too. I think it's great. Arguably the 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 two best episodes back to back. I'm not saying they're the oh, best agreed. episodes, but 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 as far as like episodes that go back to back on Buffy, yes. um, this was followed by uh, Tabula Rasa, which is one of my favorite Buffy episodes ever. I love that episode. Gets amnesia from Willow's spell. It's a great back to back. You're a hundred percent right, Matt. It's a fantastic back to back because it's such a good. That's such a great episode. Mm. Just everyone, the actors again having fun. Randy, Randy Giles. Yeah. Randy, yeah, Randy Giles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Giles and I think Buffy is Joan, Joan, Joan and Randy. <laughs> they, they, they name themselves or, or Randy's written in his jacket or something. Oh, yeah, great! Really yeah. I I love that. I love episodes where you have to try to figure out who your characters are all. They don't know mixed who they up. are. There's something mixed up, and you got yeah. It's 
I agree. This, I think this episode cool. of the podcast has unintentionally become a Buffy podcast. I know. <laughs> and and we're like, I we're really, we got two more fan questions to get through here. We got to get going here. We're not going to talk about anything else. But yes, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Great episode. Uh, love it. Worked really well. Um, okay, Tayson uh, is, our, is our next fan question. Actually, I think, so Tayson's going to be our last fan question for now because we've got one more, but we're going to save it for the end because it's a good way to end the podcast on. So we'll, we'll answer Tayson's right now. So Tayson says, it's your friend Tayson again. You might remember me as the guy who wrote in last October to ask for suggestions on which spooky movie to play at my work's Halloween. So there we go. We got Tayson yes. right in Taylor. We mentioned Tayson last week. Couldn't remember Tayson. And <laughs> now Tayson's written in. Uh, Tayson continues to say, after listening to your last episode, I had to write in to tell you guys how thrilled I am to hear that a full year has passed and not only are you still talking about my question but still providing me with answers <laughs> that's true <laughs> um, you even gave me honorable mention in your screening in Kingston Awards episode back in April as best fan question uh, screw sending Bo Burnham an award I think you should send me an award <laughs> for most talked about fan question uh, admittedly though, though my first fan question went over so well that I feel too much much pressure to ask more questions because I'm afraid they won't be able to top my first one. It's a heavy burden, but I must carry. Anyway, uh, keep up the great work. Can't wait to hear what you br- what <laughs> what you bring up when you bring up my fan question again. Maybe one day I'll get over myself and send in another one. This doesn't count. Tayson, the one question wonder. <laughs> Happy Halloween. That's great. Wait, yes. Wait, yeah. How does he? How do you spell that name? Uh, Tay, uh, it is Tay, <laughs> T-A-Y-S-O-N. Oh, that's an interesting name. I like it. Tayson. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Tayson wrote in. How do we not Halloween. remember his name with a name like that? You know, we get a lot of <laughs> fan questions and I could have looked we it get up. We a lot of names. I didn't think, he came up off the cusp <laughs> and I just didn't remember. Well, we love you, Tayson. Yeah. yeah. It was a good fan question. It was great. We were just so afraid we ruined his work thing. That's what we, that's why we remember the question so well. Because it was about like, what can I show? It's my, I, I had to pick a movie for my new job work party. What do I pick? And we, all our suggestions, we kept being like, oh, what if, you know, what if this is a terrible suggestion? There's too many factors. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll, hopefully you still have a job, Tayson. That's all we hope. Um, but thank you everyone's fan questions. As I said, we got one more. We're going to save it to the end of the show. Um, but uh, we've got some Halloween-y stuff to get to with, with what time we have left. Um, so before we do anything else, before we talk about possession movies, I really want to make sure Matt gets this in there. Matt, yeah. um, tell us about Halloween Kills and what's going on in the Halloween cinematic universe. Okay. Well, I was hoping to banter with somebody about their thoughts on Halloween Kills. Um, so- well, I haven't seen it. I don't know if you have, Taylor. No, but- <laughs> and I haven't seen the first one. So oh, how can I... Wait, wait, wait. You've never seen Halloween? The original? Well, let's... I don't think I've ever seen the original original. I've seen Freddy versus Jason. Oh, Oh, come on. I've seen maybe like the second Rob Zombie one. Why? (laughs) I just like, I, um, uh, slasher flicks aren't like my typical genre. So if someone invites me to see one, I'll go with them, but I wouldn't actively seek it out. Okay, so, if I had known this, we would have done that for this episode. Well, maybe next Halloween, because my friends Val and Nick, um, pre-COVID, we wanted to do a Halloween, like, 
series, you know, like they were going to catch me up on all the Halloween movies. So maybe next year we'll have a dedicated Halloween cinematic universe episode. Okay. It's not well, like Matt, I'm, you're invited back for that one. I'm not sure. willfully <laughs> ignoring them. It's just not necessarily on my radar, you know? <laughs> okay. So listen, <clears throat> so the original Halloween came out in what? 78. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it was made for shoestring budget and, you know, raked in the dollars and, and started the career of, of Ms. Jamie Lee Curtis and also John Carpenter and, and uh, Deborah Hill. And these new ones uh, that were uh, written uh, and directed by uh, David Gordon, uh, David Gordon Green and um, oh, what's his name? Uh the, the comedian who I don't really dig. <clears throat> I'll, I come up with his name later. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. who He, he oh gosh, he's um, East Side and Down. Uh, uh, Dan, Danny McBride, Danny McBride. Oh, oh Danny McBride. He, yeah. Oh, you co-wrote the, the new the Halloween new Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So, so basically in this universe, the existing universe, um, which is Halloween, 2018 and now Halloween kills um, they, they suppose that there was no other sequel, that these are the two sequels following the original Halloween. I see. So okay. Oh, so they okay. Kind of their so, and, and, and famously uh, John Carpenter never wanted to make a second Halloween, um, which is, you know, it's, and it's, it's slagged a lot, but I actually quite like the original Halloween too. Um, and I, I think a lot of fans do as well. Um, but in this universe, the, the, the 2018 Halloween takes place right after, uh, the original Halloween, um, and, uh, Halloween. So sorry. it's not, it takes place in the seventies. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. That's sort of misleading. So it, 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 it takes, no, not, not chrono- chronologically. It doesn't take. Oh, but I understand. It's like, it, it's, it's taking, sequel. it forgets, it forgets all the other yeah. canon. So it's like 40 years or whatever later. Got it. Got it. And okay. um, and also sort of rewrites things like Halloween Two um, was the film in which they were sort of forced to explain Michael's modus operandi, which was something to do with um, the spirit of Sam Hain, and uh, that he was uh, he was off to kill uh, his remaining sister. Uh, Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and this film um, totally does away with that. Says, no, that, that never happened. That was an urban legend. Okay. And so we have, you know, this killing machine, Michael Myers, who's still on the loose in Halloween Kills 2021, which does take place immediately after uh, the 2018 Halloween. And uh, rather than focusing on sort of the adversarial cat and mouse game between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, the film instead pulls focus away from Laurie um, and deals with how collective trauma in the case of the citizens of Haddonfield over the years um, have, have, have swelled now with the news that Michael Myers has escaped from the lunatic asylum. And right. so we have sort of a mixed bag of, of townspeople who are now the, the central protagonists um, of Haddonfield who have uh, formed a vigilante mob to try to hunt Michael down on mm-hmm. Halloween night. And the mob includes um, 
characters and actors from the original film. Even minor ones too, isn't it? Like even like one shot characters get a chance to come back. Like the one, the kids bully and stuff. Like you get, you get the, those, all those actors. Well, so they, so, so in the original film, Michael is stalking Jamie Lee Curtis and her friends Mm -hmm. who are babysitting and the children, um, the two children that are involved, um, Tommy Doyle and, and Lindsay Wallace, um, they were played, uh, their characters have come back as grownups. Um, the, the actor who played Tommy Doyle, um, is now being replaced with, with, uh, breakfast club, uh, alum, Anthony Michael Hall, but, um, (laughs) because the, the actor who played Tommy Doyle is no longer an actor. Um, but Lindsay Wallace is played by Kyle Richards, who some people might argue is not an actor either. Um, he's quite famous in reality TV because she's on the, um, the real housewives of Beverly Hills. A real housewife. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. so, so uh, Kyle Richards that. reprises her role as Lindsay Lindsay Wallace. Um, then uh, Nancy Stevens, uh, who had a, a fairly small role in the original as one of the nurses at the asylum who escaped Michael's attack, uh, Marion. She she's returned. She's returned as well as the actor who played uh, the sheriff Sheriff Brackett. Uh, and the actor's name is Charles Cyphers. And then in addition to, to those actors, um, there is also the character of Lonnie Elam, who was sort of a, a marginal, uh, marginal character in the original. He was one of the children, one of the bullies. And he's played by a different actor as well, Robert Longstreet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so all of these characters are involved in, in this sort of manhunt. And I don't know if any of you have seen the old um, black and white film M. Yes. So yes, I have. I saw it in film school. It's been a long time since I I have seen it. I, it's silent, I believe. With the chalk mm, and Peter Lorre. Yes, Peter Lorre. I, I the, the image I think of is of, of the balloon. He was. A, oh, see, I think of the the they mark him as the murderer with the chalk on. Their oh, that's like the M, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's that, and I have I looked at read some of the reviews, and nobody seems to make this reference. So maybe I need to watch M again because to me it was like this is like M, where you have this child murderer stalking the streets, and you have this mob that are trying to chase him. And at one point, you wonder if they have the wrong person. Right. So the film doesn't like I was highly entertained by it, but I do do think I didn't feel like I was watching a horror movie per se, because there was so much action. There was definitely some suspense, um, but it, it felt more like an action genre film than a horror film. Um, and I will also say um, the original Halloween has almost no gore. Um, and in this one, there is gore a plenty galore gore galore yes i missed that first yeah so um and a little bit too much it was a little vicious for Mm -hmm. my liking and i'm by all means i love gore um but it uh it seemed a little out of character for the films Mm. um also i'll just say a little nitpicky thing jamie lee curtis um she really camped it up (laughs) she doesn't get to do very much in this except react overreact to the situation from her hospital room. Um, oh, she's pretty much in the hospital. She is literally in the hospital from the beginning to the end of the film. 
Hmm. So she thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat the scenery. She, oh, she chews that little, yes, she, she, she chews the scenery. It really sort of starts to focus on, of course, as we mentioned, the, the townspeople, and then right. her, her daughter and granddaughter, played by Judy Greer and Andy Metzchik, um, and, um, and then the surviving characters from, from the last film. And um, I will say that, um. Due to the fact that they were children when they were stalked by Michael Myers, I really was rooting for uh, Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace in the film to survive the film. And I'm not going to say whether they do or not, um, but I think it just was part of it was like, you know, they were children and they were sort of like innocent victims. I mean, they all were innocent victims, but as children. And I just thought, what an awful thing to do to just come back 40 years later and kill them off after all the yeah. that they've, they've dealt with over the years. For sure. But when they were in yeah. danger, there was, I felt there was genuine suspense there. And there was a, right. and the audience was rooting for them. Yeah, you were invested. Yeah. So are you, are you looking forward to the third to close out the trilogy i am and i'm 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 really interested to see what they do with it based on where they leave it off and the fact that i know that they're now going to do a time jump to present day david gordon green has said that they will um acknowledge that there was a pandemic yeah what do you what do craze serial killers do during a pandemic well that's the thing because (laughs) where not where do they got where does michael myers go in the four years to quarantine <laughs> and how and if they and all these survivors are so you know gung-ho about killing michael myers do they just decide to take a break because of covid <laughs> that's true yeah, like, that's the thing what's that movie gonna be like i'm kind of really fascinated yeah. by what now unless i mean i guess it could be coming out of covid but they have to address it somehow if it's gonna be in there yeah yeah, I'm, I'm quite intrigued. And also the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis has come out publicly and said that she thinks fans are going to be upset. Ooh. By the yeah. next movie? Mm. And she would know. Yeah, see, that's not a good sign. Like that's because the, all these movies, they get such a great following that you want, you want to both bring in new fans, but you also want to stay true to the ones that you have and give them like a good experience. So yeah, when, whenever an actor comes out and says that, that's like, Ooh, that's not a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Th- thanks for for giving us that update. Next next year, that's what we're doing. We're doing a Halloween universe. Episode You've heard it here Taylor's first. See it. Well, we have to now. I didn't well, know you didn't see it. I really did. Matt, what what do you give it? A see it, stream it, or skip it? So I definitely, if you're a fan, you're going to see it regardless. You're not going to be listening to right. podcasts going G, right? Guess not. Right? <laughs> if you're if if you if you're a casual fan or whatever. Uh, it's definitely, I would definitely see it. I, I mean, I don't think I've ever told anyone to stream it on your show because I really encourage people to go to the theater. Yeah. So I'm going to say, go see it. Perfect. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about uh, some possession movies now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about the exorcism of Emily Rose. Now, Matt, you've said you have never, you've never seen the exorcism of Emily Rose. No, I have seen it. I just don't remember a single thing about it. You don't know. Well, maybe I was talking about it will spark yeah. <laughs> your, your remembering of it. But but Taylor, you did see it. So I want to hear from you first, Taylor. Why don't you go into your thoughts on Emily Rose um, first, and then we'll get to kind of our lists to end off the show. I definitely see why you enjoyed this movie, Mike. Like it, like um, me specifically? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Because it's kind of Why, like, was it a me movie all over? <laughs> a little bit. Like, it's more on... 
this story device as opposed to the story itself. Like I can I see like the courtroom stuff. I think yeah, that's a mic aspect and how mm-hmm. they use that as kind of like a framing device. Personally, I just felt like the story was a little bit slow. I didn't find it scary even during the possession scenes and um I, it was more like a mystery like is she possessed or is it right. like a medical like w- or was she just like mentally ill um or like uh have a epilepsy so i think it was like fine but it definitely would not be a movie that would i would recommend during halloween like if someone's someone's like oh taylor i want to scare i would tell people to skip this movie yeah, like I think I think you're right. I think it's not particularly scary. I think you're right about the framing device is really what drew me to it is going jumping back and forth from this courtroom. And to me, that's what made me feel unsettled is I'm more unsettled when I'm not in the courtroom and I feel like I can relax while I'm in the courtroom. And I think that that's where the movie does it well of like changing the tone to kind of make you relax for a little bit. And then that makes things seem a little more unsettling. I will say that I liked when they would show it one way and then the other lawyer would say, no, it happened this way. And, and then they would show it the other. Then yeah. they would show it the other way. I thought that was cool. But here's what I really like about the movie, Taylor. And it's, it is more personal because it, when I watch a movie, that's I'm me, right? I'm not someone else. So I watch it through my lens is I don't believe in this type of stuff at all. Like, I don't believe in anything when it comes to possession. Mike, you're I don't straight up asking to get possessed by a demon. I've asked, I've said, I've said out loud, <laughs> possess me if you wish. Um, and they don't. They 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 probably are like, no, we don't want to possess you. You have too many problems. Um, so, <laughs> so You have they, too many personal demons. We yeah, don't want to commit. Yeah. We no, don't no, no, no. We, 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 you're, not, you're not broken in the way we like. <laughs> we we want to stay away from that guy. Um, so I... What I found about this movie is I was questioning the lawyer who was like, it's epilepsy. And I'm like, that's not epilepsy. Like, that's kind of what made me draw this movie is like, it did a good job of convincing me if I was on the jury or I was the other lawyer. I'd be like, how do I defend this? Because I don't know what's going on, but I don't think it's any of these medical things that they're, they're rattling off and how they can go through. And like, the lawyer does do a good job of being like, this is how you can speak differently and how in a certain state you might ramble and say things that you might not normally not know. But but the way the other lawyer defended it made me question mm-hmm. what was going on. And I know this is based on a real case. So that's what made me so intrigued by it was I kind of came out of it being like, I can't logically defeat some of these arguments that the defendant of the priest is given. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was, it, it made me feel that way. So yeah, I, I definitely came out of it feeling like, wow, this is like different. So again, it is very, for me, that would work for other people who a lot of people believe in this t- sort of thing. And that's fine. And a lot of people are much more like sensitive to certain things, certain topics around Halloween and get scared easier. And I'm sure that would be a different experience. But for me, it was like, wow, this movie's like actually making me question stuff. What's your take, Matt? Do you think Oogie Boogies exist? Um, you know, I always thought about writing a film where there is like a, it's like almost like a zombie apocalypse film, only it's like a mass possession of every mm. re- every person who is devoutly religious and believes in this. Except for so Mike. Oh, no, no. 
only hero of the because story. you don't Mike, you don't believe so you're not you're immune oh, oh you're it's, immune that's the oh. pre- that's the premise faithful because they believe in it become possessed so so it's like a bunch Man, of like a bunch of non-believers who are being stalked by this religious oh Matt, you got it right i think it's great i don't know why it hasn't been done before <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would, I would produce this. I'd help you make this. That's that sounds so. That sounds really interesting. Like that's the type of thing I yeah. like. I like that kind of like subtlety of of message, but also looking at something and flipping things on its head. I love it. That's so cool. Such a great idea. Yeah, that's a great um, idea. So um, quickly, because we we are running out of time, and I do want to get these lists. So Exorcism of Emily Rose Taylor, what would you give it for your rating? For me, it's a skip it. I think there's other scarier. It's a straight pen- up skip it. <laughs> I think there is scarier like I found myself personally like looking at my phone talking to Dan you know what I mean like it just wasn't what I think is if you are scared by possession it's better to read the true story that is based off of like her story's pet like so scary the girl in Germany that this happened Mm to Mm -hmm. um and even if it is even if it is even if it was mental illness as opposed to possession that in itself is scary like what she went what she went under what she went through so i don't know i think you're better off reading like a spooky wikipedia page than watching this movie <laughs> all right well this is why i like doing this show taylor you and i have very very different always always <laughs> so it's good okay let's talk about some p- possession film suggestions that's yes. what we were going to give people so we've got our top five lists and that feel free to jump in and comment on any of these that okay. we give and we want to know your i've got one on so. those as well Great. If you've got one, then you're going to toss it in there. So let's start with you, Taylor. Um, mindful of time, maybe say something quick about each of them, but let, give us your five, Taylor. So okay. I'll just run down them really quick. Yeah. Number yeah. one, you can't beat a classic, The Exorcist. The original one, Linda Blair, I think came out at the end of the 70s. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, love it. Still scares me. Number two, another classic, the original Amityville Horror. Good, you know... Spooky house haunting, but also possession. Number three, Conjuring, the first Conjuring movie in this mm-hmm. um, c- uh, the Cineverse, um, as well as the best one. We've talked about it on the show a lot. Number four, Last Exorcism, and then five, just to keep things zesty, gotta have a Taylor movie on the list. Stigmata. Mm. I thought you were gonna say the crow. Like, oh, how are you? <laughs> There's no possession the crow in possession the crow. Okay. Um, when you so the last exorcism, that's the um, documentary one, right? Yeah, it's a uh, set up like a documentary, but it's not yeah. like a real documentary. No, 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 no. But like, yes, that's a fantastic yes, movie. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that one. That's a really great. Movie. And I should mention um, these are all like these aren't for scaredy cats. These movies. No, I would say all of them are scary would, you'd have yeah like you'd have to be liking scary movies to watch those ones. is stigmata the one with winona Ryder? no it's with um oh gosh the woman from true romance oh, patricia, arquette. patricia arquette okay there was two that came out around the same time i think the other one was called lost souls oh i haven't seen that one. that one has winona Ryder, yeah. doesn't it yeah yeah that was on Matt. That was on a lot of lists when I was doing my researching, so I might have to watch it. Yes, yeah, I, I think they came out the same year. Yeah. If if I think I saw it a long time ago, I, I think it's pretty good. I think I remember that's a good it. list. Thank you, yeah. Matt. 
That's a solid list, Taylor. Um, but here comes even a better one. Um, here, here, here's we'll my see, five we'll see. For, for fans of the show. You know you're waiting for this. Okay, I got five right here, though I have a couple honorable mentions. Uh, I got to go number one, The Conjuring. Come yeah. on. The first Conjuring movie, I agree with you, Taylor. That's like, it's a fantastic possession film. Now, I have a quick question, and you both can give me your opinion on this. Does possession of a doll count? Or does it have to be a human? That's why I did not put Annabelle on my list, Mike. Because oh, did we say human? It, we didn't okay. lay out these ground rules, but I think it right. has to be so human. Annabelle For our out. purposes, right. it has to be a human. Okay. Well, then I'm taking I'm taking Annabelle off the list. Um, number two, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> it's <laughs> a great <laughs> film. Okay. Hey, last exorcism got an honorable mention for me, but you mentioned it, so I'm not going to play with it. Uh, the Exorcist, number three for me. Again, original classic. Love it. Evil Dead 2. I almost put that on my four. list. Evil Dead 2 is, is I think, pr- now it has, depending upon, it might be a little bit too scary for like someone like Katie who was talking, but there's a lot of fun to it as well. That's a good Halloween. That's a good Halloween party movie. Yes. If you're looking for a movie for a party, Throw on Evil Dead too. Like it's a great one. I think it's a great possession film. The still to this day, I think one of the I've never both laughed but also been like engrossed by a scene as much as the hand scene with him fighting <laughs> him fighting his hand and, and all of that going on in the possession. I think it's really good. Great movie. Number five, The Wailing. The Wailing. Mm. So this is a this is a Korean Love film. It. Uh, it's a great, great movie. Uh, kind of interesting, like mysterious stranger shows up to a village, don't know anything about him type of thing. What's going on? Very, very good possession movie. I highly recommend it if you like um, if you like possession films. It is scary. At least I found it very scary. So again, I don't think um, for, for the four five I mentioned, Evil Dead 2 is the only one that I would say. And it, even it could be a little even that one is kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you're very, yes, if you're very sensitive to, to if you're squeamish, scared, then you probably, yeah, you probably would like it. Now, a couple honorable mentions, because um, I didn't, I mean, you didn't mention this one either here, Taylor, but uh, I mean, I still think The Shining is a pretty solid movie. I've never been I, able to finish The Shining. I know, I know, and I know it's not like the book and whatever, but I just think it still has, it's got an iconic feel to it. It's still pretty good. I think it works as a possession film because everything going out at the hotel. So that's honorable mention. I think it's um, safe to say he gets possessed. Yeah, I think that's (laughs) fair. And and I would have put Annabelle if we were saying non-human. Okay, Matt, what's your possession movie suggestion? Um, I have a few. Um, uh, Wreck, the Wreck series um this these the spanish versions i think they're called something else in the english version quarantine maybe oh like rec R-E-C. Like, yeah. re- like recording yeah, right? recording yeah yeah um actually i think that the the girl from the the emily rose jennifer carpenter mm-hmm. is in the um mm-hmm. the american version i think the american version is called quarantine which is yes, bad yeah, they're not the they're not but it's almost an exact replica of of the rec series so you might as well watch the original. Yeah, you might as well. It's Spanish language. It's fantastic. Um, I'm uh, there's an '80s slasher film uh, called Killer Party. It was filmed in Toronto. Um, that is a mix of slasher and possession, and it's great fun. It's funny for the most part. It's not scary at all, um, but it's it's high camp, and I highly recommend it. Well, that's a good one for people who want don't want to be scared. That's true. If it's high camp, yeah. Um, I'd also recommend the demons, or, or sorry, not the demons, just demons, um, Italian uh, horror from the eighties, both one and two. One is set in a movie theater where the nice. patrons are being possessed, 
by the by the the demons in the film. So oh, so cool! The demons. And the second one uh, expands to the film being shown on television, and it's set in an apartment building. Um, where people, really cool. and it's it's great fun. And then finally, yeah. if you're gonna watch, here's another recommendation for people who don't like horror: uh, Days of Our Lives, the soap opera. Yeah, I told you the soap opera was going to come back. Um, Marlena, Dr. Marlena Evans, played by Deirdre Hall, um, is possessed by the devil once again. This was like a popular 90s plot that they did and people lost their minds because like, what are you doing? This is a soap opera. But she was possessed by the devil and they had crazy special effects. And she was actually quite spooky. Her voice is quite spooky. Well, they've brought that back now, however many years later. Wow. And I couldn't be happier. Days of our lives. What a, what a, what a shout out. <laughs> because it's not in the That's middle awesome. of the day and hopefully we all are working. And Matt, did you ever yeah. watch Passions? No, but they, so Passions was written by the same uh, show writer uh, who was right. He was writing for Days of Our Lives when he came up with the possession storyline. Oh, so that that checks out. So he's yeah. And he, of course, is like he's more of a genre writer than a soap opera writer. Um, so when they gave him, I think they fired him and then he, they gave him passions to write crazy storylines at will. Yeah, that was a great, that was fun. That was a good one. So we're, we're just about at the end of the show and I want to end with this fan question. Cause I think this is a great way to go out. This is from Tanya. So Tanya writes and says for all three of you, what will your Halloween plans entail this year? Any movies that you've been saving for Halloween? Um, so I'll answer first. I don't know yet. I haven't decided yet, but there's a couple things that I've noted from this episode that I actually might check out things that I haven't seen before. So um, I might, I might do that, but I haven't decided what I'm going to watch that. Uh, anyone else? Halloween plans, movie plans. I was supposed to have some friends over. Things had to be shuffled around. So it's just going to be Dan and I handing out candy. Um, I, I love silence of the lambs and it's about time I rewatch it. So we might watch that, but Beetlejuice, classic i think we might dip into beetlejuice and that well i i've got i'm invited to two house parties that i'm going to try and do both oh wow um, one is a traditional house party and the other one is a uh an outdoor screening in their backyard of the shining which might be a little cold Ooh. um just uh you'll be wearing your jumpsuit though Wear layers. That's right. Yeah, I'll be dressed up like the Myers. <laughs> and then I'm going to try to get through. I saw um, there's four new films from Bloomhouse that are now on Amazon Prime. Madre's, The Manor, Black as Night, and Bingo Hell. And they're all horror films with sort of marginalized characters as main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw Bingo Hell. It's The main character is a senior citizen, a uh, Hispanic uh, lady trying to save her community from a demonic gentrifier. Um, and it was fun. Um, and so I'm looking forward to watching the other three. That's wow. awesome. Um, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you everyone for tuning in for, for Halloween. Next week will be kind of a regular episode before we get into to the uh, the fan stuff. We will give an episode of announcing what exactly happens in this next month. So we, Taylor and I both know, and we give fans time to vote. So next week, we won't have anything to vote on, but we'll probably do an announcement episode and talk about our November fan recognition month or whatever we're going to call it. I don't know. Austin will tell us. Fan next involvement. Week. He'll have a good name for it. He'll, he'll come up with something. <laughs> it's Austin. All right. Go see some movies.
Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.